miss me? I really did. did. I missed you. <laughs> I paid him to say that. Yes, I missed you. Uh, what's your name again? Fred. <laughs> okay. Hello, this is Father Herb, and that is Michael. Fred, Michael Fred Puppis. Yes, and um, it seems like forever since we've done all these podcasts. It does, I mean, I, w- I forgot how to set up. It's been so long. Well, people don't realize we had done a couple of them in a row several weeks ago. Yeah, we were And lo- then it turned out you were sick, up. and so we did miss only one week. But the ones that we recorded were recorded some time ago. I don't even remember how to talk anymore. I think we did it in August. We we did Wait. our Christmas. <laughs> we should do that. We should try that next year. Just do a whole just do a whole, Let's just, yeah, take out one week and do the whole year in one week. We'd be toast. We'd be so exhausted. Anyway. Welcome, uh, everyone. To we the, are into the new year, and it's very exciting to be here. It is very exciting to be here. Uh, the church, I, during, I told you this morning during Mass— I don't get not to, during mass. You told me mass. after mass. I told you after mass that during mass, I don't get to walk down the center aisle very often. But as I was coming up for communion this morning for mass, the church really is beautiful right now with all the decorations and the our crucifix is second to none, and um, it's a very holy space. And I'm very thankful that our church family gets to. Have well, it. can I tell you a little secret? Yeah, uh, just between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> And those two people that listen. Sure. I have, during this winter, started walking inside. Oh, you've told me this. this is yeah, great. but I didn't tell, tell the, the world The podcast. This. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what I do is I prop open the doors in the hallway. Yeah. So I, I go down the hall, walk around Ron Colley Hall, where yeah. we used to have mass, which is basically sitting empty at the moment. There's a blood drive this week, but otherwise it's pretty open. I walk two or three times around the room. I go through the hallway, maybe in and out of the atrium. Yeah. Then I walk back down the hallway and I go into church and I uh, very prayerfully walk around church. Sometimes I go up and down the various aisles. Do you turn on the Christmas lights? No, not usually. Oh, okay. And then, in fact, I might not turn on any lights at all. And And then he stubs his toe on the pews. No, 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 no. There's, there's. (laughs) The tower is on. The tower light is on. Yeah. And, and then I do this, but for about 40 or 45 minutes. And it becomes, uh, because I have the doors propped open, I don't have to break my stride. And so I keep a, a good pace, and it becomes a very prayerful walk. Sometimes I pray a rosary as I'm doing this, but other times I just kind of allow the Spirit to lead me. And usually I do this when everybody else is gone. The, the doors to the building are locked. And uh, one of, one of the, the perks of having a key to the building I, as you say this, I'm picturing you in like a tank top, tube socks, 80s shorts, and a sweatband around your forehead with the Rocky theme playing in the background. Okay, now let that, me describe you. I probably have a, sweat, a sweatshirt on, <laughs> my hiking shoes. <laughs> so, well, that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's good to just move. It, it is a little cold to be outside right now. I've been trying to still get out to like Farnsworth. We I haven't been to Oak Openings in weeks. I'd like to get back out. I there. was there about two weeks ago, right before Christmas. But um, anyway, here we are. Okay, I told you yesterday. I gave you a a, a hint, a clue. I said I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you a question, and I. Which I, is funny because since I knew a question was coming, I don't really feel put on the spot. But I still don't know what the question is. Okay, I, the the clue is. The feast is the baptism of the Lord. Yes. Okay. Here's my question. Okay. Do you know the date of your own baptism? Oh, 
I think you asked me this question last year on the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. I don't know. I I wasn't prepared. So you've had a whole year to prepare. (laughs) I I wasn't prepared for this question. I do not know the date of my own baptism. I do. You do? I looked it up for you. You know the date of my baptism? Yes. You're wondering, how did I know that? Do you remember? You got married here. Oh, yes. And when anybody gets married, they have to produce their baptism certificate. Sure. So I went into the drawer where we keep the files from 10 years ago. And my baptism certificate's in there? Yes, it is. From Our Lady of Perpetual Help? That's correct. And you were baptized on September 15th, 1985. I'm going to add that to my calendar right now. September 15th, 1985. And I wrote in the bulletin this week that everybody should become familiar with the date of their own baptism. I feel like you celebrated as a second birth. I feel like you just gave me a gift. Like I to did. N- to know I'm that always, date. I'm always thinking f- uh, for the welfare of other people. That's great. That's a good excuse to get an ice cream cone that day. September 15th, 1985. So you were not quite two months old. Your, your no. birthday is what? July, July 25th? This 26th. 26th. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, you were under two months. So uh, now, now here's not, wait, you should have my wife's as well. Then you should have it, it's there, but I didn't look it up because she's not on this podcast. OK, after the podcast, we're going to look up because then I'll know the baptismal days of our whole family because the girls, we actually we do celebrate those. We do something special each, okay. each year on that. day. OK, we'll look up Claire's after after we get offline. This is exciting. OK, I gave you a gift. OK, now what are you going to provide for me? Um, I'll show up for mass this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a first. There's more I can okay. say than the last couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about this. We are ending the Christmas season with the baptism of the Lord. Have you given any thought to why the baptism of Jesus as an adult is still considered part of the Christmas season? You know, it's very obvious when we have Christmas Day itself, yeah. the, the nativity, we have the motherhood of Mary. We have the Feast of Holy Family, the motherhood of Mary. We even have the Epiphany, mm-hmm. the Magi came. Why do we include the baptism of Jesus as part of the Christmas season? In some ways, it seems as though it's his entrance into public ministry that it sets the tone for the rest of the liturgical year. Not that we're, again, playing. If I had an applause button, I would push it. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 all of that. And of course, a little bit more. Yes, it is. Uh, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of the adult ministry, but it is also the the completion of the mystery of incarnation. Incarnation. We talked about at Christmas time. Jesus is born into the human family mm-hmm. and being baptized. He is incarnating himself into the the sinful element of the human family because it was a baptism of repentance calling for the conversion of the heart he was sinless he didn't need it but he was becoming so fully one with us that he even went through the same same right that others needed to do he did not need to do it but but through that uh he becomes fully incarnate into the human condition in some ways too i feel as though it's the culmination of everything we began during the season of Advent. You know, John the Baptist saying that one is coming after me and I'm not even worthy to loosen the straps of his sandals. So, you know, we go through the infancy narrative during the Christmas season and now John the Baptist comes back. It's back back where we 
it, you know, it's back where we started. Right. We're bringing, kind of pulling it all together. Okay. And we're reading from Mark's gospel and Mark is kind of a no nonsense writer. He's really kind right. of like you're a no nonsense pastor. Oh, not at all. So. Uh, there's plenty of nonsense, <laughs> but it's two paragraphs. They, they are not out of different sections. One follows upon the other. You're going to read the first paragraph of the gospel reading for this Sunday. And I will read the second one and people will quickly see the first paragraph is about John, so and the it, second paragraph is about Jesus. Just what I was saying. Uh, and just for reference, we are in chapter 1 of Mark, right at the beginning. In chapter 1, verse, verse 7. seven. Well, but I, yes, yes, there is no infancy story in Mark's gospel. Uh, Matthew and Luke each have two chapters for the infancy. I heard account. Mark doesn't like babies. That's why he left No, it no. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I like Mark. Okay. And here's Michael reading from Mark. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens saying, You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you are one of three sons. I am the youngest of three sons. Did you ever accuse mom or dad of having a favorite no but our household situation was was far from normal just one of the reasons being that i'm so much younger than my two older brothers so i think they would probably accuse because i was the baby and you were like an only child yeah because my brothers are eight and 11 years older than i am yeah so i remember one time my one of my brothers i can't remember which one accused my mom of that I was the favorite because she got it. I don't even think she bought it. Maybe she bought it. I'm not sure if it was given to us or purchased, but that I had a piano. Uh, wow. And <laughs> my mom said, but you never even took piano. Like it was like, well, he got a piano, but you never played piano. So why would I get one for you? But that piano was like my favorite thing in the whole world. It was down in our basement, believe it or not. We got a piano in the basement. I don't know how that happened. So, so that was that made you who you are today. I spent a lot of time. Wow, I feel like we're we're telling my whole childhood story today. You know, I, this is interesting. Would you? Yeah, talk about it. How was your relationship with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> I did spend a lot of time at that piano, though, um, playing a lot of church music, and um, I would go to church and I would hear stuff, and I would come home and sit down at the piano and try to figure out how to play, you know, hymns that we would hear at church. Did you do the same thing with pop music? No, I was always infatuated with church music. Real, I mean, seriously, um, it, mainly church music was what I enjoyed playing. Now, I played a lot of classical stuff for my lessons as a child and those types of things. Um, but by, by the way, I am one of the few people who has actually heard you play uh, classical music. I went to your senior recital. I remember that. And it was pretty impressive. Well, thanks. And you probably haven't played some of that since. I haven't. Some of that stuff, no, I have not played But it was since. good. Thanks. That's really Do you, kind of you. Is it one of those use it or lose it? It's one of those, I don't know if you lose it completely, but 
you you need to stay up on it to stay because there's a lot of obviously um coordination and memorization to what you do when you're playing those pieces um and technique i think if i were to sit down and work at it again it could be quite fun i think that's the one thing when you do it professionally you lose the sometimes the motivation just to sit down and play for your own enjoyment if that makes sense uh, now I'll sit down and do goofy songs with the kids sometimes just because we have fun. Do you have, uh, I know you have piano students. Do you have some advanced level students? Yeah. So I have um, a couple of adults that take that are doing more more than just basic beginner piano. So that's always kind of fun and challenging. Okay, good. Uh, in fact, one of the adults, uh, she and I had, we did a really, we do some duet. Well, when we were together before COVID, we would do duets together and stuff. And that was fun because that would keep me on my toes to actually, I'd have to look at the music prior to to the lesson okay um but yeah all all very by the way folks this this is this really chapter one of uh (laughs) the real story behind michael puppas behind the music yeah behind the music this is before vh1 (laughs) anyway back to john because the reason i'm asking if you were a favorite is that last line is so powerful you are my beloved son with you i am well pleased and that ties in with the first reading for those out there who are paying attention to the readings that we do at Sunday Mass, this coming Sunday, there are two options for the first reading, and there are two options for the second reading. So here at John the 23rd, uh, at least the Masses I'm going to have, uh, the first reading will be Isaiah 42, and that starts with, here's my servant who, whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. So that ties in directly with the gospel. I don't think we formally call it this, but in some ways, as we were reading that, and I hear that line, you know, coming from that. What what does it say in this passage? The heavens, the cloud. Oh, the one above. in the gospel. The the heavens were torn open, and a voice came from the heavens. Yeah, it's. I almost picture like this is the great commissioning of of Jesus in some ways. Obviously, in the incarnation, he was commissioned far ahead of even his the birth. But in some ways, this is like. Well, um, we do call this. I mean, we call the baptism, Eucharist, confirmation, we call those sacraments of initiation. Yeah. And this, in a sense, is the initiation of Jesus into his public ministry. Yeah. And in some ways, it's it's the Father affirming that there is purpose to what has been done here, yeah. right? Like, this is not all without divine purpose. Now, did Jesus need to hear the voice, you know, even it, whether it's literally from the sky or welling up inside, or was it what other people thought they heard as thunder or whatever, or was this done for the sake of others? Because right, right, right to which part? Oh, that's that was kind of the, the spin. I, <laughs> that was the spin I was. You know, taking, we've like, been a, we're rusty. We got to get our act back together again before we go online. We should have done a pretend podcast before we hit record. That's what I was thinking. It was almost for the benefit of the witnesses that were there saying, this man is someone that you need to pay attention to. Um, you know. But, but go back to the other part where it says God plays no favorites, and you'll find that in Acts of the Apostles, which is the second option of the second reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter proceeded to speak to those gathered in the house of Cornelius, saying, In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. So one kid gets a piano and the other one doesn't, <laughs> uh, but God shows no partiality. Yeah. <laughs> but some get musical instruments. <laughs> 
yeah. your, your brother got harmonica. <laughs> well, I think, you know, as a parent now, though, I, I hear that even for my own kids. You know, why does this one get this or why do you? We just had this discussion the other day because now that our oldest daughter is old enough to do some chores around the house, I enjoy having her help out, like take out the garbage and things like that. But immediately it was, well, what does my sister have to do? If I have to do something, why doesn't my sister have to do something, right? Which I think in some ways is legitimate, like everybody should have a job to do in some ways. But that's, I think the human element, and and the I find in children, our human tendencies are magnified, right? Because children are, for the most part, selfish little creatures. And adults, for the most part, can be, but we know that we shouldn't be. But kids don't care. They'll just be selfish. Um, so... In, in some ways, you know, we have to remember that it's not, not always just about us, that we don't have to compare ourselves to others, but that we should do do our work or enjoy the blessings that we've been given or the people that are in our lives, whether it's through ministry or family or friends, you know, that each of us has a, a specific and a unique role to play. I, I have known some people who are, by nature, totally altruistic almost from childhood, but certainly as adults, they think about what somebody else is going through. They immediately uh, are compassionate. They, they don't even think about their own needs. Mm. I have known some people like that, but those are few and far in between. Sure. Most of us have to work at that. Most of us have to overcome that thing that it's all about me. And that we, we are willing to just let go of some of the, the worry and the struggle. Now, here, on the other hand, I, being favored does not mean it's all about me. It's more about I am chosen, but chosen for a purpose. I am favored, but always uh, in that love that overflows towards others. Yeah. So it's it's... You know, like I often tell couples at a, a wedding, and you've been at many of the weddings when I preside and preach, I often talk about, you know, every marriage is one of a kind. Every couple is unique. It's very, very personal. Can I finish it for you? Yes, you can finish it. But no marriage is private. Correct. There's a social element. The, the power of the marriage is for those around. And yet many very good couples sort of like disappear from interactions with other people the first six months of their marriage, you just wonder, uh, are they, did they die? Are they still on a honeymoon? And maybe they are. Uh, <laughs> That's a, a six-month honeymoon. Metaphorically speaking, on a honeymoon. Yeah. But but reality is, yes, they you get very immersed in the excitement of what's going on in your own life. But it's always with that w- awareness there's something bigger beyond you. Let's take this into today's context, though. I think this is going to be something that we as humanity need to work at as we come out of the COVID-19 pandemic, because we have been isolated purposely to try to keep others safe. Right. Yes. So I think that social aspect and, and looking out for our neighbor and working at being with others outside of our own quote unquote bubble. Well, I really believe people have been very hungry for opportunities to reach out. You know, the giving tree, the the food drive. I'm hoping we can do something like that again. I'm thinking for Valentine's Day, 
you don't have another food drive. Everybody bring in a box of chocolates. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, uh, you know, why do we only collect food for Thanksgiving? Sure. You know, there should be it should be something that's going on on a more regular basis. Um, but I think people are hungry for that. So there, that other part of them is always saying, "Yes, I have to isolate myself, but is there a way I can still?" Uh, touch that inner part of my core that says I long for others and the best way I long is not just to have somebody say something nice to me but for me to be uh, willing to reach out to them sure you know you're talking about um what's my purpose it reminded me of the new Disney Pixar movie Soul uh, I don't know if you've watched it yet I have not um but a lot of that movie is the main character kind of trying to figure out what is his purpose in life? Um, and I thought Disney did a really good job. I don't want to spoil anything in the movie. Um, but I thought they did a good job of like exploring that we are more than what we think our purpose in life is. Like life is more about is about more than just what we think our purpose should so, be. So, okay. So getting back to the gospel and if, if we're saying the baptism of Jesus is the incarnation that he's one with us, and then as he comes out of the water, the voice says, I am very pleased as a reminder of the chosen one, that wonderful relationship with the father, the one who is in this mission of proclaiming the kingdom of God while on earth. Mm. You take all of that, that helps understand who Jesus is. And hopefully, as we follow and reflect on our own baptisms, it helps us understand who we are because the baptism is not just, okay, I am being born into through water and the Spirit, but I also have a mission on earth. Well, thanks to you, I now can celebrate that on September the 15th. Every year. I just wanted to remind anybody in case they wanted to get any gifts this fall. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks everybody for joining us. It's so good to be back. We're uh, back in our weekly routine, and uh, we'll finish up the Christmas season with you this weekend at Mass. Hey, God bless you.